I like to start with something funny. And um, uh, the Presbyterian Church called a meeting to decide what to do about their squirrel infestation. Squirrel, you know, like the animals, right? Just so you know, sometimes my accent, what are you talking about? Squirrel, the animal, the little thing. After much prayer and consideration, Presbyterian Church, they concluded that the squirrels were predestined to be there and they should not interfere with God's divine will, you know. Then at the Baptist Church, the squirrels had taken an interest in the baptistry. The deacons met and they decided to put a water slide in the baptistry and let the squirrels drown themselves. The squirrels... On the other hand, liked the slide, unfortunately, and they knew extent, extent, instinctively, thank you, darling, instinctively how to swim. So twice as many squirrels turned up the following week. Wow! The Lutheran Church had decided they were not in a position to harm any of God's creatures, so they humanely trapped their squirrels and set them free near the Baptist Church. <laughs> Two weeks later, the squirrels were back at the Baptist and looking down and going down the water slide again. So they were having a great time. At the Anglicans, they tried a much more unique path by setting out pans of whiskey around the church in an effort to kill the squirrels by alcohol poisoning. They sadly learned how much damage a band of drunk squirrels can do. But the Catholic Church, they came up with something more creative. They baptized all the squirrels and made them members of their church. Now they only see them at Christmas and Easter. <laughs> and the last one, but not much was heard at the Jewish synagogue. They took the first squirrel and circumcised him. There have been no squirrels there at all. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Oh, man, so good, so good, you know. So, anyway, we're in the season of the more. It's wonderful that we are coming to the service. We have two, two morning services. For, do, for those of you who are new to our church or have not been here yet the last couple of weeks, uh, we're going in the season of more. And we're going more because we, we basically, two reasons why, we, we run out of space. So we just, we were standing room only, like only a month ago, so we just have to do two services because we can't fit unless somebody gives us money to buy a new building. And that's good, too. Whatever you want. And then in the end, so that's good, and um, we're here to please. So if you want a new building, give me a new building. It's okay, it's just that easy, really. And uh, the second reason is that God says, I want you to go into the more. This is a season of the more. I want you to reach more people. I want to, uh, more people to get saved. But even it's really a season of everything in the more. Because we really, first of all, want to have more of Jesus. We're so hungry for his presence. We want God. We want his intimacy. So God, that, that's, the first, that's the most important reason of all. But we know that we can grow in every area of our lives as we seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. Then all the other things will be added onto our lives. It's King Jesus first all the time. Can I have a good amen? amen. So the more that we're talking about fulfills everything, goes into every area of our lives. Two scriptures are part of that, uh, just as some of you know who are new. Uh, one is Isaiah 52, increase is coming, God says, so enlarge your church, tent, add extensions to your dwelling, which we're doing, second service, and hold nothing back. Praise Jesus. Second thing is Ephesians 3.20, I love this, 
Now to him who is able to do, come on, let's say it together, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, that is us praying, to him be the glory. And through the power that is at work in us, he will do these things. So that talks about prayer, power, imagination, prophetic. As we do these things, God is the God of the more. He is in the more. The more is in your prayer. The more is in the anointing. The more is in the presence of God. So where are we going to go? To the presence of God. Because there everything comes out of the presence of God. That's why the vision for this year is 24 for more. Let's say it together. 24 for more. 24 for more. Now in the Hebrew calendar, it now this year is the year 5,784. And it is called the year of the open door. That means there's an open door. That means there are significant... Um, potencies and things coming our way, uh, doors that are going to open to us individually, and maybe in your business, in your work environment, for your family, and also in the church. So start looking for the doors. There's doors going to be there. They're going to be opened supernaturally by God for you and for me. And I was thinking about the doors. As we go into a door, we see a door, then the thing is, though, you got to walk through the door, right? Okay, nice to have a door, but um, it can be for you, something for you, but it's a nice door. But we got to go open the door and then walk through the door, right? To go into the purposes of God. Even if it's an electric thing, so a round thing that goes like wee, wee. Even then, you got to walk through it, you know? you got to walk through this door. You know, it's really interesting because I, I said this last week already. But then, but then yesterday, I got this prophetic word from a, a, a prophet in America called Tom Hammond. And I was so intrigued because the title of his Prophecy was, step through the door of more. Well, that's amazing. Step through the door. Guys, we've got to step through the door of more. Whatever these doors are, we're going to together step through it by faith, by expectation, by anticipation, by leaning into what God has for us. We're going to be watchful. We're going to be vigilant to go into everything that God has called us to. Amen. And what he, said, what he said, he said, he talked about living in expectation and not by intimidation or limitation. So we're not going to limit ourselves. We're not going to limit ourselves. We're not going to be intimidated even by our own self. I cannot do this thing. No, no, we're not going to do this. Yes, you can. You can. By yourself, you can't. You're right. But with God, all things are possible. So when we start walking through the door, it's God's door. It's not your door. It's his door. We walk into the thing. So I've, I suggest uh, prophetically that you start saying to you, even in your quiet time, in your secret place, say, Lord, what is the door that you are opening for me? What, or what is the door that you're opening but that you actually want me to walk through? What, what do you want me to step into this year? Challenge, a challenge for each one of us, step into the door. Because these open doors are actually a promise. And they're actually an invitation. Invitation into the more. And by faith, we take hold of everything that God has for us. It's good preaching. I'm encouraged myself. So thank you, Jesus. Like, what, what doors do you have for me, Lord? I'm, I'm curious. I said, Lord, this is amazing. See, God gives us the desires of our hearts, 
But you know, he can say, well, I've got lovely, whatever, kind of fleshly desires. No, he doesn't give those things. He gives the desires of your heart when? When you seek him. When your will is aligned to his will, then your heart and your desire become his desires. And so you have this alignment with God. Then those doors are going to open up and you step into those doors because this is what God wants you to do. And he says, yes, because it's his thoughts anyway, but it's now also your desire. And you want to go after that in Jesus' name. Jesus, I love this. <laughs> so how does the more affect our own lives? Now, I want to go back to kind of like a bit of a vision day today. I mean, there was vision day last three weeks, really. But anyway, but, but, but not a vision day because we want to talk about our mission statement. How, how does this affect our lives as a community and individually? So I would like us to speak out, uh, before you put it up there, Gideon, to give it up for Gideon, first time doing um, overhead behind us. Gideon, I call him Gideon 2. It's banana, banana, banana 1, banana 2. It's Gideon 1, Gideon 2. Or you can be 1, 2, I don't care, but you're 2, it's easier. 1, 2, and... Because she's called First Lady, and it's a bit hard for me second. That doesn't really work. So I thought first, 1, two. Yes. Anyway, Gideon, uh, not put it on there. So by heart, guys, by heart, what is our mission statement? Transforming the world. Not bad, you know, about 30 people. So good. Now put it on there. And let's do it, say it together. Transforming the world with the good news of Jesus. Even that statement is a statement of the more. It is a statement of a declaration of we want to see more of Jesus Christ in our community, in our lives. Three cornerstone words that we have invented last couple of years in this area. Which ones are there? Number one. Presence, thank you. Number two, passion. Number three, okay, put it up there now. Presence, passion, purpose. Now, these represent really three things. They basically represent God, us, other people, or up, in, out, or intimacy, identity, destiny. Not bad, hey, by so we're really talking about presence of God is everything is about him, intimacy with him. All of us go individually and as a church, the presence of God is everything. But then, of course, he creates us to have a passion for sonship. What does it mean to be a son of God, a daughter of God? What does it mean to be fully alive in God? What does it mean to grow in the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to move into the Holy Spirit? All this kind of stuff. And then, of course, our purpose is our mission to make disciples of all nations, to get people saved, to see heaven come to earth. Amen? Okay, that's established. Now, we also had um, seven values. We call the seven W's. You may have never seen them, but they were on the website for many, many years. Uh, quite like a long time. Really? Catherine, you, you made them. I mean, like, what, about 15 years ago? 14 years ago. The W's, like worship, word, whatever. All good. But we have reshaped them as a, as a, as a team uh, over the last couple of months, and we want to introduce you and present to you uh, these kingdom culture values that we feel, according to the word of God, according to who we are as a community, uh, to give these to us as handles, if you like. This is a kind of community that we want to be. Now, there's lots more other things with that. But these are some key values that we uh, value, kingdom values. I'm going to go through them um, quickly now in this way. The first one is, let's say it together, God's presence is our priority. God's presence 
is our priority. Of course, it aligns up with the other presence already, but we just want to state it that it's our priority. His presence is everything. He's the source of life. He's the source of everything. We go after the presence of God both in our own lives, but also as a church. Amen. John 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Intimacy with Jesus. Acts 17, for in him we move, live and move and have our being. Psalm 27, I love this. This is David, my favorite person from the Bible. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of my Lord and to seek him in his temple. This year, we want more of him. I want to really encourage you to go for more of him. In your secret place, in your quiet time by yourself at home, go deeper with him. But also as a church, let's go deeper. We want the water level of the Holy Spirit to rise even further. Then we can see a mighty move of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Number two. Here we go. Say it loud. The word is our foundation. God's word is our foundation in life. Matthew 4, 4. People shall not live of bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Psalm 119. I mean, there's so many scriptures, but I, I chose a few. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Colossians 3. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness to uh, your hearts to God and to Timothy. Timothy, of course, very known one. All scripture, let's say it together. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We want to grow in our Bible understanding, grow in what the scriptures say, grow in revelation. Amen? The third thing that we say as a kingdom culture uh, value for our church is prayer. Let's say it together. Prayer releases power. Prayer is, nothing moves without prayer. Nothing moves without prayer. In Mark 9, 22, a demon didn't move out. He says, Jesus says to them, this kind can only come out by prayer and also fasting. Luke 19, 44, my house shall be a house of prayer. Other translations, other places said house of prayer for all nations. We want to be a house of prayer for all nations. A house of prayer is so beautiful. James 5, the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. Can you see how we are invited into the more of our prayer ministry, our worship, our intimacy ministry? If we want to become a house of prayer for all nations, what do we have to do? Pray. By the way, well done. The first service, only like one person said that. Well done. You're listening. Maybe it's 11 o'clock. You're more awake. You slept longer. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know what it is. We need to pray just to make it today. We've got to pray. To become a house of prayer, you've got to actually pray. That means prayer meetings, right? It's so good. Now, we've got a whole bunch of prayer meetings. One is before the service, in the morning service, not, the, not, not this one. The morning service, if you ever want to go from 8 o'clock on, prayer meeting up there. But two main prayer meetings every week on a Tuesday from 6 to 7. 
uh, right here, 6 p.m., 6 to 7. Uh, straight after your work, you can come here and pray for an hour. And then on Thursday, Catherine's got a prayer meeting. Also, uh, this upstairs, and it's uh, from uh, lunch on Thursday from 12 to 1 for anybody who's got lunch in the city and like that. But I want to say something about prayer meetings, because some of you were probably like me not, not that long ago. Then you say, prayer meetings? I don't want to go to prayer. Boring. i got to pray. Be honest. Anybody feel that? Honestly, I thought, guys, the prayer meetings in our church are not boring. If they are boring, I will resign. <laughs> they are not boring. Because our prayer meeting, who came to the prayer, the, the, the fasting, the week of fasting and prayer two weeks ago, right? So where are you all new to our church, the rest? Guys, we, we all come together. And these are times of worship. Most of the time what we do is worship, anointing, prophetic, glory, and prayer. I mean, praise, worship, declaration, it's all prayer. Praying, Lord Jesus, will you, whatever, praying, but it's all prayer. So it is such a great, and when you walk out the door after a prayer meeting, you should go like, you should be elevated. You know, this is an amazing time. So I want to encourage you to come to these prayer meetings. Yeah. I call them encounter meetings, don't we, Wayne? They're encounter meetings. The Holy Spirit comes. It's the most beautiful and the most powerful meeting that you can ever go to. So make sure that we do it. And it will change your life. It will change everything about you. Remember last week I had this word for a whole bunch of people. But I saw it in the prayer meeting, in that meeting. I saw the camels coming. Now I saw the face of Jesus as a lion looking at me and being happy with us. Fasting, praying, leaning in, loving him and going crazy. That's awesome. And I saw him and I saw the camels behind there. And the camels were coming. I said, Lord, what is this all about? He says, listen, when you look at my, into my face, when you worship me, when you pray, I release the camels. The camels are coming. And straight away I felt there's a whole bunch of us who are going for the camels. So, Lord, where's my job? Where's the promotion? Where's this? Where's my relationship? This? Why about my kids? This? Whatever. And you're looking at the, 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 the camels and the lion is staring right in your face. Right? Right in your face. What about me? And I really sense that if you have me, you come into me. I give you that stuff. So why do you put the cart be before the horse? You should put the horse, or in this case the lion, in front of the cart. And I felt that God says people go after that stuff, go after the um, bunny animals called camels, and not the lion. They go after provision, but not presence. They go after my hand, what I can do for them, but not after my heart and my face. We have to turn things around, people. That's why prayer meetings' presence is so incredibly important. It will change your life. It will change the life through you. It will change your job. It will change everything that you need is in the prayer, is in the presence. And I will keep on saying it until we all come to prayer meetings that we are so excited that nobody would even dare to not be there unless you're out of town or you are otherwise engaged or sick. Whew, glory. By the way, we're having a prayer meeting in the town hall with a couple of thousand people. It's already full. So if you need tickets, it's, it's too bad. You're too late. It's full. Uh, open heaven, the whole city coming together. So we actually next year we're having a bigger venue, uh, which is great. So if you, if 
next week, next year. It's going to be amazing. Now, we have one more prayer meeting that we developed, uh, are developing. Remember the sequence of one week is going to be life group week. That's next week. The other group, the other week is team night or leadership development. Life groups again. So every two weeks, life groups. That keeps on going like this. Whenever in the week of life group week, if you have life group, life group week. The fourth one is going to be prayer power. The fourth one is going to be a bigger thing like this from stage, big thing, worship, hopefully everybody coming. And we're going to go pray. Once a month is the bigger prayer meetings. Not just the Tuesday and the Thursday, the smaller one. The big ones. And we're going to all come together and become an encounter night. The Holy Spirit have ministry and prayer and worship. And so it's awesome. So make sure that you look out for those meetings in Jesus' name. Did you know, I just listened to a story from the Asbury, 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 Asbury Revival in America, just now, the student revival on the campus. And they were saying that people don't know that before this revival hit, it was amazing prayer. All the students were praying. Any revival, guys, needs prayer. I said last week, guys, he says, we cannot cash the check of a move of the Holy Spirit until we make a deposit in prayer and worship and adoration because then God will move. What's my word? And that's where we're going. Are you with me? Come on, this is an exciting bus. There's all kinds of buses in the city, but this is an exciting bus to be on. And we're going to go. Write some wonderful stuff. Amen? So good. Fourth one is, let's say it together, discipleship is our mandate. Of course, beautiful uh, Matthew 28. Therefore, go, 19, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I love this in Ephesians too. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Jesus Christ. We need to grow up. Tell your neighbor, grow up. Tell your other neighbor, you also grow up. Come on, guys. We are called to grow up. We are called to mature in him. And this is why life groups are so important. Life groups, you get together with five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, fifteen people, and you do life together. You're accountable. You're supporting. They're praying for you. They love on you. It's amazing. We want everybody to be in a life group, if you don't mind. I love David Bowman. He, last week, he gave a definition of life groups and about, sorry, about discipleship. Discipleship is intentionally equipping believers with the Word of God through accountable relationships, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, in order to replicate faithful followers of Christ. Isn't that a beautiful discipleship model? We want to grow. My personal mentor for many years has been growing sons to release the kingdom of God. For many years, my witness. Growing sons and daughters to release the kingdom of God. That's what we're all about in this house. And that's what we have and want for each one of us. So that's going to be absolutely amazing. Number five. Everybody say, church is family. Church is a family. Church is not a corporation that is led by a CEO, usually a man. Church is not an orphanage. That the father, mother, or the parents, or whatever, look after the little children. Church is a family. You got a father, mother, brothers and sisters in Christ. 
We are a family. Actually, we are a covenant family because we are living in a covenant with God through a covenant with Jesus Christ, the new covenant. We are in covenant with God. We are in covenant with each other. It's a beautiful thing. And let's develop this relationship with each other. Love one another. Have great meetings. So let's, let's develop this whole relational aspect of our lives. Acts 2, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders performed. And all the believers were together, had everything in common. So beautiful. Number under Cease. Cease. Says. Six. Is. Let's do it together. Love is generous. Love is generous. We want to grow in the presence of God, which is really the love of God. The love of God. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave. Giving is always a, 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 a result of love. Giving is always an expression of love. Actually, you cannot love without giving. Right? And so, and so we want to become a church that is great at loving and becoming generous. Because the love that we have becomes generosity. Because we become generous in our attitudes towards one another. We get generous in giving money to church and to missions and whatever we do. We are generous in giving of our talent, of our time to the Lord and to the church and whatever you give time to your family. Let's become a generous people. I love Proverbs 11. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Come on, we're in the season of more. Related to giving freely. The other withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Five, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Come on, let's be an refresh, refreshing people, a refreshing church. That anybody that knows the people from this church say, these are so refreshing people. They are so nice and they're so generous with their time. Make sure that we grow in our prophetic utterance, guys. When you come here, don't just come to me, 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 come to be, just to come receive. What about you come to give something? Not just worship to the Lord and your money. I'm talking about giving something to somebody else. Say, hey, Paul, I've got a, I've got a word for you, man. I always feel the Holy Spirit is saying on you, I see this horse and then, whatever. You're riding on it and it's in the distance and something is happening there and something's going off and it's like two horses. There's multiplication. Whatever. Whatever prophetic word that you feel over somebody, let's be aware with the open doors, not as of your big project, what God wants you to do, but let's be the open doors of the small things of just encouraging one another in the Lord and be a prophetic community together. God wants to use you and me all together. Not just here, also at your work. Especially as you work. People have a rough weekend and drank too much or whatever they did. And you think, man, come on, I just want to give you something nice. They say, man, you're a nice guy. So good. Okay, number five, uh, seven. Set, set. Seven. Seven. What is it? Miracles are normal. Now, you may have read your Bible lately, is that Jesus actually was a miracle worker. Actually, he says something. He says, if you don't see the miracles going through my life, you actually don't have to even believe me or in me. That's how far he went. If there's no miracles, like maybe I'm not genuine. 
Guys, miracles identified Jesus' life. And also the people who follow Jesus, like you and me, and Jesus lives in you. Look at this, Mark 16. And these signs will accompany all those who believe. Who believes today? Anybody in here? Great. This is for you. In my name, you will drive out demons. You will speak in new tongues. You will pick up snakes with your hands. You will drink deadly poison. Don't do this on purpose. This is only for people who go to the mission field and get served something and God miraculously heals them. Right? Don't, don't do anything. I will, I will not hurt you. You will place hands on the sick people and you, they will get well. Matthew 10, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, drive out demons freely. You have received. Now please freely give. Right? This is our mandate, people. This is normal for Christians. That you heal people. Little healings, big healings. But we've got to do something. You know, for people to be healed, what do you have to do? How else? Or send them to the doctor. No, no, you are to heal them. Pray for people, guys. Let's be a company of people that love to heal people and to see miracles. And I want to grow in this. Anybody else wants to grow in the miraculous? Come on. The supernatural power of God. Come on. We're going this year together. Amen. Honor is together. Honor is our posture, number eight. Well, this is really to protect our relationship. This is really powerful. The culture of honor. We'll, we'll preach into this uh, in time to come. But this is really powerful. Romans 5, 12. Be devoted to one another. Honor one another above yourself. And we'll talk about this later. And the last one is a powerful one that is so, I love this one. Oh, let's say it together. Your vocation is ministry. Now, this is not your vacation. Don't, don't read it wrong. It's not your vacation is ministry. <laughs> it's your vocation is ministry. That means your job is ministry. Your job is ministry. There is no difference between sacred and secular. There's no separation. Everything in God's created power and created earth by Him was created by, by Him and is sacred. We are sacred. When Jesus called His followers, they called them to ministry. They were normal people. They were believers. Believers are, if, if a believer is a minister, then your vocation or your job is a ministry. And when David Balestri comes here in early May, we'll talk a bit more about this. I want to say something to you here in Ephesians 4. And Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There's some of the people that you find here also on staff. For what? Let's say it together. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry and for the edification of the body of Christ. Whoa! So who are the saints? I am. No, you are! Well, we are. I get to play. I'm like an old black coach. But I'm, I'm a player coach. But the thing is, though, you are the players. David is the builder. David, when you go to your office tomorrow, you go to the building site or whatever, you go to your ministry in the same way that I this morning got up at 6 o'clock. I'm going to my ministry today. Everything in life is ministry. Everything in life. Only 2 or 3% do church-based ministry. That's not my ministry, church-based. Most of you do marketplace, 97% marketplace ministry. Some of you have home manager ministry. Do the kids at home. And your home manager ministry. Guys, we are all in ministry. 
My part and Catherine and the team here is just to encourage you and to fire you up and to keep you on straight and narrow in your life, in your Christian life, and in your whatever, all the stuff you got to do. But when you go to your office tomorrow, it's not like something just like a, a lesser thing than this ministry. No, no, you are as much a ministry as I'm a ministry. Whether you're a teacher, a lawyer, I don't care what you are. You are in ministry. When you go to feed the poor on the streets like Julie here, beautiful ministry. But also, Wayne, when you go out to build again, ministry. And the lawyer and the homemaker, you're in ministry. We'll talk a bit more about this. It's very powerful. I've had people just come and just totally change their lives because, man, I didn't know that what I do is actually ministry. And suddenly they say, man, what I do to my office, this is holy. Holy to the Lord. See, we are a chosen people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. What I'm talking about now is called the priesthood of all believers. We are all, in the end, serving creation. We are all serving, in whatever way, humanity. It is ministry. That's why even the government's called ministry. They are ministry. It's ministry. But so are you. All of us are in ministry. Isn't that good? So we've got nine of these things. You think pretty cool? Now, there may be some more, and we want to see the more, and, and maybe all of them, to be awareness of, I am a minister in my work, and whatever, I want to see miracles, I need to pray more, whatever you need to do. But we got to go on a journey together and grow in these areas. And you may have even one or two things that God has put in your, his finger on and said, man, I would love you to grow more in here. Maybe it's a secret place. Maybe some of you have not spent any time in a secret place. Maybe like me, like two years ago, like five minutes. Say, yeah, okay, that's enough. Thank you. But no, no, I'm going to do it for half an hour and just worship. And then for an hour and just worship. Just, I don't even know what to do. Just worship. Don't say anything. Just worship. And he will teach you how to spend time with him. That's what Jesus did with his father. And then you come out and you think, man, Lord, why is all these things just happening right now? It's because you spend time in the secret place. But also we as a church need to spend time in the secret place. That's why we have prayer meetings. Amen. Let's stand together. And we're going to declare... Are you going to pray? Okay. Band, come up, please. We're going to declare these nine kingdom culture values. We're going to declare them over our lives, just into the atmosphere, that we as a church commit ourselves to developing this kingdom culture around us and that we will see this thing come to fruition in Jesus' name. Here we go. Let's say it one after the other. God's presence is our priority. The Word is our foundation. Prayer releases power. Discipleship is our mandate. Church is family. Love is generous. Miracles are normal. Honor is our posture. And your vacation is ministry. Your job is ministry. We're going to teach into it. Next week we start a series on the presence of God. First one. Presence is our priority. Next week we kick this off. Maybe see that right now. Bring this up in this way. Almost done. Almost done. Oh, bless the whole name. I really believe if we start living a kingdom lifestyle like this, guys, you may be seated. Kingdom lifestyle is just going to be so amazing, guys, as we lean into the Holy Spirit and allow His Holy Spirit to work in us. So there is a challenge this year. There's a challenge of the open door. It's the door of more. Are we going to step into that door, whatever that means? Could be doors, several doors. Are we going to position our hearts 
for increase? Are we going to position our hearts towards the doors that God has for us? And then actually walk through those doors? However, however, however scary that may be? I believe we can. And I think we should. And I pray for the strength of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus Christ is building His church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. Let's stand together. Shall not prevail against it. Father, we thank You that You are a God of more. You always go more. You always go higher. And so we declare this is 24 for more. And Lord, we thank You for the doors of opportunity that are coming our way. Father, we want to step through those doors in Jesus' name. Father, we thank You for the kingdom culture values that we've seen this now. Lord, help us to grow, to grow in the family, in discipleship, in prayer, in anointing, in our businesses and whatever. Father, we give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord. It's not by might, not by power, but it's by your Holy Spirit, says the Lord. Oh, Jesus, you are building your church and we are co-building with you. Have your way, we pray, in the name of Jesus.